This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ho, 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 Merry Bowl season. Welcome in to another edition of BetQLU. This one, a supersized edition, two full hours previewing as many bowl games as we can. We do this for you this holiday season because while we hope you're finding absolutely everything under the tree or in the stocking that you hoped for, we've got 21, 21 games we're going to preview in the course of the next two hours live across the country on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download it today. Listen to us live every weekend, and of course, download the podcast as well. Be sure to subscribe. Watch us if you'd like to on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or on YouTube as well. I'm Chris Mack. She's Kayla Canaram. He's RJ Choppy. And like I said, we've got two hours of College Bowl previews for you. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, guys. Kayla, let's start with you out in beautiful Southern California. How have your holidays been? And are you looking forward to the rest of bowl season? I am. Thank you for asking, Chris. Been a little under the weather this, uh, under the weather this week. My voice will hopefully make it through the show. But um, yeah, love the holiday season. Love bowl season. Got to work the LA Bowl last weekend. So was in with the fans. Felt the excitement. Um Thought I went back to college. I was doing my Golden Girl sideline routines during the pep rally. It was a time. Bowl season's nice. the best season. Nice. Well, you will you will be ha- even happier to know. I'm sure this will warm your holiday spirit heart that Kansas is on the docket today. So you'll be able to get out some of the some of those Grinchy thoughts that you got. You can get those out later. RJ, Merry Christmas, Perfect. Happy Holidays. How's it been for you so far? Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Holidays, all the all the things. Uh, it's it's been uh-huh. good. I had a little I had a little bout with food poisoning, which uh, hadn't had that before. Uh, hope to never have that again. Uh, to be <laughs> perfectly honest with you. But like I've always said, I'm one stomach bug away from my goal weight, uh, and I'm proud <laughs> to say that I've hit it. So we're good to go. We're all very proud of you. Nice work by Thank RJ you. Choppy. Uh, we like I said have over 20 games to talk about. We are going to take you through the games of uh, really the entire holiday week, post-Christmas, pre-New Year's. Uh, Next weekend, when we're back to our regular one-hour edition of BetQLU, we'll jump in on uh, not just the uh, college football playoff. We will touch on those playoff games towards the end of the show today, but we'll jump in on some of the New Year's Day games as well. We'll touch on a couple of them here as well. Schedule a little wonky because of Christmas and New Year's landing on a Sunday, so obviously the NFL going to dominate the days that they want to dominate we talk college football with you though and let's as i said friends dive right in the day after christmas boxing day in many parts of the world for us it's quick lane bowl day ford field in detroit a 230 eastern kick 
Six and six New Mexico State Aggies against six and six Bowling Green, who's laying three and a half. Low total on this one, 48 and a half. New Mexico State, this is all about the bounce back for them, guys. Their first bowl game since 2017. The last four seasons, including 2020, when they only got to play two games and the season was suspended, they went seven and 30. So a big bounce back for them going six and six. Bowling Green hasn't been good on the ground and they've given up a good amount on the ground. So the question may just be, why are they favored in this one? New Mexico State has covered five of their last six as well. Let's get our feet wet before we dive maybe all the way in on some crazier games. Let's go to Detroit, RJ, for the quick lane bowl. Where are you at on this one? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going with New Mexico State. It's one of my – I have a, a little pizza money parlay. It's the last mm-hmm. leg of it that, uh, that I need to help me pay off an 18-to-1 bet. Uh, but yeah, New Mexico State. I don't. I'm, I don't know why Bowling Green uh, is is the three and a half uh, ish point favorite in this one. But uh, I, I do like New Mexico, New Mexico State in this game. You know what I love most about these early games? Um, you know, the, the games that have already happened, or the ones that happened before you get to the big dogs. When you start throwing in a group of five teams, you're not getting the opt outs that you right. get, say, in a, mm-hmm. in a New Year's Six game that's going to feature, you know, Alabama, K-State, or Clemson, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to get some opt-outs from those players uh, that are going to be looking towards their future the next round. You may get one or two guys that are going to opt out of these games. A lot of the players that are going to play in this game, and I think you can use these for, um, you know, as opposed to, like, some of the bigger games where, you know, the give a S level comes into play. Right. These guys are using this as extra data points for NFL draft teams. That's a good call. Um, and so, you know, well, thank you. Most of my calls usually are pretty good. I'll miss every now and then. And, you know, hopefully this isn't one of them, but, uh, you know, I'll take it to Mexico State uh, and the points here. Uh, yeah, and I think it's a good a good point to make about, you know, it, look, the portal affects everyone. So everybody's <laughs> probably got a portal player or two that's either on the way out or thinking about being on the way out. But the, the draft opt-outs, like you said, New Mexico State and Bowling Green players not lining up to get drafted the first or second day of the draft. So if they even if they are thinking about going pro, they need to put more on tape. New Mexico State, Kayla, 4-0 against the spread this season in games that come with more than six days of rest. This obviously qualifies for that. So are you on the train with RJ and I of questioning why the heck Bowling Green is favored here? I sure am, you guys. New Mexico State definitely found their footing under new head coach Jerry Kill after winning just seven games over the last four years. With that said, Jerry is also 1-5 against the spread in bowl games, but Bowling Green is 0-3 against the spread as the favorite this season. They did go 4-7-1 against the spread. Furthermore, the Falcons are 0-3 when playing as the 3.5-point favorite when you factor in the Bowling Green's lack of a run game. Next to New Mexico State star Thomas Jamani Jones, I'm leaning with the Aggies in this one. Even though they barely got in a bowl, I like them to, to cover. Yeah, good and call. I like the over. Oh, yeah. You know what? Bowling Green, I think, uh, last five bowl games have all gone over the total. So that's a good call on that one as well. And you mentioned star Thomas and Jamani Jones, 11 touchdowns they've combined for Bowling Green. Terrible against the run. So I think we're all on New Mexico State here. Uh, to, at the very least, cover, if not win outright. All right, we're moving along, and we go to the day after the day after Christmas. Tuesday afternoon, 12 Eastern, 9 Pacific, early start at the old Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. They call it the Camella Bowl. Uh, Georgia Southern, 6-6. Six and six. Buffalo, 6-6. Six and six. Buffalo getting 3.5. Big total on this one, 66.5. Kyle Van Treese used to be the quarterback at Buffalo. 
Now he's the quarterback at Georgia Southern. He wasn't just the quarterback at Buffalo for like 15 minutes. He started 25 games for them over five years. So here we go. One of our sixth-year super seniors uh, ultimately made the move to Statesboro and Georgia Southern this year, completing at 61% for almost 4,000 yards, 25 tutties, 15 picks. Buffalo, though, has failed to cover in each of their last four games, so maybe this pushes us all in the Georgia Southern direction. Kayla, where are you? Short and sweet. I like Georgia Southern to cover in this one. Um, as mentioned, you've got Kyle Van Treese going up, up against his former team, who I think he's going to want to prove something against. Um, aside from that, Buffalo is dealing with injuries in the transfer portal, and I like the Eagles' run game led by Jalen White. Um, plus, they are 3-0 against the spread in the last three games as the favorite. However, guys, the underdog in this particular bowl has gone 4-1 and one against the spread over the last five, but I'm going to disregard that, and I'm sticking with the Eagles here. Um, as for the total, both teams average a combined 62 a game. Um, and when you factor in what Buffalo will be missing, I think I'm actually leaning the under in this one. Yeah, this will be, be one of those ones that's interesting to see how the weather affects it uh, in that Buffalo probably used to playing in some weather. And as the weather lingers through certain parts of the country this week, perhaps even down in Alabama, uh, does it lean one way or the other? Georgia Southern, though, 15-8 and eight against the spread in non-conference games over the past five seasons, RJ. Uh, Georgia Southern yeah. and Buffalo. Uh, I like Georgia, uh, Georgia Southern in this one. Uh, they've got a pro-money advantage, like 14%. A lot of the money, mm -hmm. a lot of the tickets uh, rolling in on Georgia Southern. But really, it's, you know, it's, it's about the quarterbacks, it's about the offense. Neither defense can stop a nosebleed. Uh, but Georgia Southern's offense just seems to be clicking a little bit better. Uh, so give me Georgia Southern in the points. I'm with Kayla. I think I would lean under. Uh, 67's a lot of points. I mean, this might come in close. Might come in around 64, 65 in terms of the total points scored in this game. But uh, I, I like Georgia Southern, and I'll state the under two. All right. Same day, right after that one's over, or right about the time that one is over, in your backyard, RJ, at Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, uh, a 3.15 Eastern, 2.15 Central kick. Another matchup of six and six teams, six and six Utah State, six and six Memphis. Uh, the Tigers favored by more than a touchdown here, seven and a half total, sitting right around 60, 61, 60 and a half. That range, depending where you find it. Memphis started the year hot, four and one, huge upset over Mississippi State in Starkville, RIP Coach Leach. But they struggled with the better half of their schedule late, even if the games were close, lost four in a row. Houston, ECU, UCF, Tulane. That's no good for the conference schedule. Uh, but by just a combined 20 points, Utah State's defense, on the other hand, they've allowed less than 200 yards passing per game and should get back their starting corners, A.J. Carter, Michael Onyanwu. Uh, so where do we lean on Utah State, Memphis, especially Memphis not performing well in bowl games, at least against the spread anyway, one in five in their last six, RJ? They haven't performed well, but man, I'll tell you, BetQL's got this as a kind of a blowout here by Memphis. Uh, you know, over a 10-point spread, uh, according to them. It should be over 10. Uh, everywhere you look, no matter what, they, Memphis should have an advantage. They should have an advantage at skill position. They should have an advantage uh, on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball uh, overall as well. Uh, I, I think this is it, – it's not really – there's not going to be a home field advantage in either one. I mean, Memphis technically is closer but it's still, what, nine, ten hours away. Uh, I do like Memphis to cover. It's a lot of points for a bowl game. I hate giving up more than a touchdown. That extra hook uh, is kind of scaring me, but uh, I like Memphis in the seven and a half. 
Kayla, there are some quarterbacks that have put up some numbers in the American Conference this year. Seth Hannigan of Memphis finished fourth in passing yards. I want to say third or fourth in quarterback rating in that conference, too. So the offense can can put put the ball through the air, can put some points up on the board that way, I should say. But again, it comes back to Utah State's defense, and are they able to shut it down? Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, all the betting stats are against Memphis in this one. They are 1-5 and five against the spread in their last six bowls, but all the on-field stats are against Utah State. So what does one do? Well, I'm going to roll with the Tigers here to cover at minus 7. Um, Utah State is not only working with a depleted roster due to injuries and opt-outs, but their passing offense is weak, to say the least, and I worry that they will struggle putting points on the board. So give me Memphis all day in this one. Um, as for the total, is that number doable? Yes, since both teams are close to the cons- this combined average. Um, but is it doable working with players who will be out on the field? Last year, this one sat at 59, and I think this year it will do about the same. So I'm also leaning under in this one. All right, the final one in this segment. We're going to try to get in three or four games a segment here during this special two-hour uh, bowl preview special edition of BetQL. Uh, this will be the third in what is a quadruple header that day i think uh tuesday december 27th a 645 eastern start uh the ticket smarter birmingham bowl and yes i'm going to try to get in all the ridiculous sponsors for these games at protective stadium in birmingham seven and five east carolina the pirates favored by seven and a half against nine and three coastal carolina coastal weird up and down season because of their quarterback situation grayson mccall's decided to go to the transfer portal they also lose Uh, their coach, and I wonder with Jamie Chadwell taking the Liberty job and uh, uh, Chad Staggs, I think, has taken over in the interim role, just how focused they are on this one. East Carolina, I think, probably feels like they want to take on the the upstart team uh, from down in Mm -hmm. South Carolina, down at the beach, and I think this is a good opportunity. I, I think this is a good opportunity for ECU to maybe run away with one. Seven and a half, like you said earlier, RJ, nobody likes to lay that hook, but I think I'm going to do it with ECU in this one. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, I am going to do it, man. I'll tell you, when, you, when you're not playing your quarterback, that's the other that's the thing, right? You know, Grayson McCall's mm-hmm. in there all year. You don't play your quarterback, you are a completely different team. You might be playing a different sport. Uh, it may look like it, right? It may look ugly. Uh, if they want to win this game, they're going to have to muck it up, make this an ugly game. And you factor in they don't have to coach. There's just, they're a mess. Uh, and we saw what happened – even if, even if, even if you know Chadwell was there, we saw what happened with Dion last week uh, with Jackson State, and they mm-hmm. just didn't play well. Once the coach is gone, you know a lot of the uh, the attention's gone. These players are already in the transfer portal um, a lot of times. So yeah, give me uh, I, I will fade Coastal in this one. Yeah, you got a backup quarterback who's only thrown thirty seven passes this year, Kayla and Jarrett Guest. You got a coaching staff that's in flux. The head man out. They got stomped by James Madison. Uh, at, and that was before the Sun Belt Championship. Uh, so they, <laughs> they've kind of skidded into this one, the Chanticleers have. So I don't know if you're with RJ and I or if you've got some hidden vigorish on this one. Well, my first question was, what's a Chanticleer? Um, <laughs> Let's look it Both up. Teams. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I take while I, I look Google. up Chanticleer. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, also, I heard conflicting reports. I heard Grayson McCall said he would play, but it's his health that's questionable. Do we know if that's confirmed or not? Anyway, I don't love the uncertainty at coach or quarterback for the Chanticleers. Um, Coastal's defense is also lacking key players. So when you factor in ECU quarterback and running back, I feel good about the Pirates in this one, especially if McCall is out. 
if he's in, I might lean Coastal. So I'm a little TBD on this one, but as it stands right now, I like uh, East Carolina. A name given and for what to it's a worth, the favorite. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Especially in fairy tales is what the Google dictionary tells me. A fairy tale rooster. It, yeah. Well, that was is, not Cinderella. The state of, no, what is the state of South Carolina's obsession with, with members of the Gamecocks, Chanticleers. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Huh. This huh. is something we have to get to the bottom of, and perhaps we will <laughs> later here in our BetQLU two-hour bowl special <laughs> uh, as we work our way through the entire slate of games being played that week between Christmas and New Year's. Coming up next, a couple of teams that had possible playoff hopes dashed throughout the course of the season. A team who may just be happy to be here. Plus, Duke, UNC, and Kansas. Wait, is this a season-starting hoops tournament or is this bowl season? I don't I don't know. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla. Here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, some very important updates. If you were not with us during the break, and you couldn't have been with us during the break because the mics were off and the cameras were off. Uh, first of all, it looks like Grayson McCall is likely to play in uh, Coastal Ooh. Carolina's bowl game, uh, the Birmingham Bowl against ECU. So take that for what it's worth. If you're still considering laying that seven and a half with the pirates against the Chanticleers. Also, we now know that the Chanticleer, thank you. Intrepid producer, Zach is derived from Jeffrey Chaucer's Canterbury tales, specifically the nuns oh, priest tale in the early 1960s. Oh. Don't pretend like we read books, RJ, you know, neither of us. Do. Uh, uh, I had to read that book. In high school. <laughs> Same <clears throat> honors English. Okay, so I'm the dumb one. I, I never got to that yeah. point. Uh, Coastal's athletic teams were known as the Trojans until a group of Coastal students and their English professor, basketball coach Cal F. Maddox, brought up the idea of a new mascot. There you go. We also decided that Holiday by Madonna sh- should be played during the holiday season, even though it's not a holiday song, technically. I don't know. These are the important discussions that we have here on BetQLU every weekend. This is a supersized edition of BetQLU. I'm Chris Mack alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. We are taking you through a slew of bowl games to get you ready with all the angles on how to play these things. In some cases, you got opt-outs. In some cases, you got guys in the portal. In some cases, guys have already transferred. In some cases, guys have decided to stick around. We're all over the place trying to keep you abreast of the information and tell you where our best bets are going to be, which we'll do by the end of the show, and even take another early peek at those CFP bowl games the semifinals uh coming up towards the end of the show but let's dive back into the full uh bowl mania slate of games between the or during the week between christmas and new year's i should say and the the nightcap to that quadruple header on tuesday december 27th 10 15 eastern 7 15 pacific start at chase field in phoenix it's the guaranteed rate bowl I'm convinced we should be calling this the guaranteed chaos bowl because you got new Badgers coach, Luke Fickle, trying to take over kind of on the fly. He's going to coach this game while slowly announcing replacements 
uh, for the existing staff, some of whom will be a part of the game, some of whom won't. Uh, it's like trying to change lines in hockey, even though the guy on the ice doesn't want to actually come off the ice. Uh, then we have the slew of portal entries on both sides. Wisconsin's losing Graham Mertz, uh, Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig. Uh, Mertz announced recently he's gone to Florida. Benton and Herbig are on the draft prep. Oklahoma State, 11 scholarship players have entered the portal, including Spencer Sanders, their quarterback, Dominic Richardson, the running back, and, oh, their leading tackler, starting linebacker Mason Cobb. So, it again, this feels like utter chaos and makes it really hard to read this one, guys. So I'll toss the hot potato to you, RJ Choppy. Man, I uh... – I have nothing for Wisconsin here. Like I, I, I know they're favored. I have no idea how they're favored. I mean, this this team, they got beat by Iowa. They scored ten points against Iowa. Like they they allowed Iowa to score twenty four. Iowa doesn't score twenty four points against air, and they did here in this game against Wisconsin. Uh, I I know Oklahoma State's got uh, a real struggle down the stretch. Their record though, seven and five, is is as I think a little bit. Um, downgraded. They're a better team than that. They're a much better team than that. This was a top 10 team at one point this year. I know they've got some portal guys uh, missing quarterback issues, but I just think the athletes at Oklahoma State is going to throw out there are so much better than what Wisconsin is going to roll with. I'll take Oklahoma State uh, in the points. Yeah, Oklahoma State, I think, like you said, RJ, a victim of recency bias, maybe losing four of their last five, five of their last seven. But you look at the losses, and some of them, I mean, they lose to TCU on the road, Kansas State on the road. Those aren't bad losses. Okay, could you argue that going to Oklahoma and losing to the Sooners in a down year or losing at home to West Virginia especially are bad losses? Yeah, but it feels like they're a team that plays to the level of their competition. And Kayla... Uh, Wisconsin, they failed to cover in three straight. And I think to our greater point, it just feels chaotic around the Badgers right now. It does, which is why I'm torn in this one. My heart wants to lean Big 12, especially when OSU has one of the best winning percentages in bowl games sitting at 21 and 11. We didn't get to talk about this yet. I don't think I'm a huge Luke Fickle fan. Um, as we know, he will be coaching, but I can't tell if that's going to actually help or hurt the Badgers chances. Um, and again, like we said, there are so many players out for this one, including both starting quarterbacks. So just looking at that, I think that's going to hurt the Oaks more than it will Wisconsin. OSU, though, has done better against the spread this season. But I think with the excitement surrounding their new coach, I actually am going with the Badgers to cover at three and a half and get Luke, the Luke Fickle era started off with a bang. That would be huge for him to get things moving before he even gets to the offseason, essentially, especially again with all of the players either entering the portal or headed off to draft prep on both of these teams. Again, Wisconsin favored by three and a half, the six and six Badgers against seven and five Oklahoma State in the guaranteed rate bowl. Total low on this one. Not expecting the offenses to do too much. Just 43. I think I'm leaning the over on that one, despite the chaos on both sides. All right, you'll go to sleep after that one on Tuesday night. You'll wake up Wednesday morning and have another quadruple header of bowl action that'll start two Eastern, 11 Pacific, with the Military Bowl at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. This is actually a really good one, I think, for the Military Bowl. I mean, 8-4 and four Duke, favored by three against 9-4 and four UCF. Duke's first bowl appearance in four years. Riley Leonard, fourth in the ACC in passing, almost 2,800 yards. Was only sacked 15 times because he's mobile, added over 600 yards on the ground. 
John Reese Plumley has announced he will return for UCF next year, but he has been banged up the final few weeks of the regular season. Question there is, is he at 100%? Both teams 4-1 and one in their last five games, Kayla. I think this is actually a, a sleeper of a really good matchup. <clears throat> I agree. Um, I would say UCF gets the coaching advantage here while Duke gets the player advantage. Um, and with that, I'm going to go player advantage. UCF will be without too many key weapons, including their top receiver, their top linebacker, and starting defensive back. Um, not to mention, as you said, uh, Plumlee is dealing with an injury. It is expected to play, but probably won't be at 100%. Then you have Duke quarterback Bradley Leonard, who as a sophomore completed 64% of his passes for almost 2,800 yards and 20 touchdowns. And then he added another 11 on the ground. Um, not a lot of money is actually going Duke's way in this one, which is why I'm going to play contrarian and pick them to cover. I like it. Oh, going the contrarian. Okay, I, I was going to go the other way with UCF. I look at UCF. I look at their, uh, their proximity to recruits uh, in South Florida, Central Florida. That their depth that they're going to have in this, the guy, the kind of athletes they're able to get, uh, might be too much for Duke to handle, wear them down a little bit, especially at the skill position. And I know they're missing some guys, but the skill position should be really uh, a bit of an advantage outside of maybe quarterback uh, for UCF. So I'll take UCF uh, with the points. Interesting uh, angle on this one. Total sitting at 62.5. The under has hit in four of Duke's last five games and three of UCF's last five games if you're looking for a reason to believe that maybe the defenses can hold up in this one although I don't know if either team's track record necessarily when you look at the numbers would hold up there all right Wednesday afternoon 5 30 Eastern 2 30 Pacific in Memphis the AutoZone Liberty Bowl never has six and six <coughs> felt so victorious six and six Kansas Jayhawks they're back baby their first meeting against an SEC opponent since 1988, a shot at their first win versus an SEC team since they beat Vandy in 1985. Uh, they've lost six of their last seven, uh, though, including the Sunflower State showdown with K-State, despite having Jalen Daniels back uh, for that regular season finale. I'm not sure if Kansas is reeling or just going through growing pains in Lance Leopold's first year. I do know Arkansas, also 6-6, six and six, just two and four against ranked teams. Four of their six losses were tight, came by a total of just nine points. But that what makes me wonder if if they'll be able to pull it out in a game where they're without bumper pull due to injury. They're without another linebacker, Drew Sander. Uh, Jaden Hasselwood is bypassing the game after declaring for the draft. And they just lost defensive coordinator Barry Odom, the new head coach now at UNLV. I think I'm leaning Kansas plus the three here, Kayla. I know that pains you. I don't know if you all are aware of this, but this should have been the KU versus Mizzou AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and I'm not bitter about it at all. Not at all. What could have been, you know? Um, not super shocking where I'm going in this one. Give me the Razorbacks to cover, which is kind of ironic, seeing as how the SEC is trying to make Arkansas-Mizzou's rival. But don't worry, Jayhawks. No one will ever take your place. I'm just begging Arkansas. Please do not lose this one to Kansas. Do not embarrass the SEC like that. Am I worried when looking at the players and coaches who won't be playing in this one for the Razorbacks? Yes, I am. Um, also, by all accounts, the Jayhawks should be playing at nearly full strength. Um, but as we know, I will never pick Kansas. So Arkansas better win and cover or else. Um, I would also lean the under of 69. Arkansas tends to go under in bowl games. This number is higher than their combined average. And the Razorbacks, like we said, won't be playing at full strength. 
Kansas 0-4 against the spread the last four times they were an underdog, RJ. Does their sort of skid into the offseason continue, or do they get right against Arkansas? You know, they had they had their uh, their their fun run early in the year. They did kind of stumble down the stretch. Uh, Arkansas, I can't figure them out. I mean, they like they beat Ole Miss, which is a good win. They, yeah. they lose to Liberty. You know, they they played like uh, they played dumb against LSU. They lost to Mizzou, no offense. Uh, so I, I can't make sense of them, but you know this is a home game for them, right? I mean they're they're in Memphis. This is this is an absolute home game uh, for Arkansas. I, I like the Razorbacks to win. I like them to minus. I like minus three. Okay, uh, Arkansas. I mean I think they win this game by by more than a touchdown. All right, right after that one is over, you'll want to flip over to the San Diego County Credit Union. Told you I'd get all the sponsors in. Holiday Bowl at Petco Park in San Diego. Uh, this, in my opinion, guys, is a 2023 Heisman Kickstarter game. I can't wait to watch this. Number 15, Oregon, Ooh. comes in 9-3 and three against 9-4 and four, North Carolina. Favored by 14.5. Huge number here. For a brief fleeting moment, we remember Oregon was legitimately in the playoff discussion. An 8-1 and one start. Wins over ranked BYU and UCLA teams. Then they kind of fell apart as Bo Nix got dinged up down the stretch, losing to Washington, losing to Oregon State, ugly in the Civil War. Uh, They'll be without their OC. Kelly Dillingham has moved on. He's starting to put things together down at Arizona State as their new head coach. North Carolina off to an 8-1 and start this year as well. Drake May's getting offered bags of cash by other teams that coaches refuse to name. Uh, But he lit up the ACC until their final three games, really when he went one touchdown to four INTs and was sacked 12 times and lost to Georgia Tech, NC State, and Clemson, of course, in the ACC championship game. I like Oregon in this one. I like the quarterback matchup. I think it'll be fun to watch, but I don't like 14 and a half points, RJ. I think I go with UNC to cover. Totally agree. I think Oregon wins this game by about nine or 10, but 14 and a half, I mean, that's more than two touchdowns to give up. That's a lot. That's a lot to give up to the guy, to the team. Uh, with a quarterback advantage. Uh, I just want to know, who's offered him the $5 million? I hope we find out at some point during this game. Who Name names. You know, Pat, yes. Jeff Trailer down at UTSA, name names. You, you're going to come out and call these guys out for, uh, you know, for, for, for poaching? Name names. I want to hear it. I want to find <laughs> out who it is. And then banish them. Banish them forever. North Carolina 0-3 against the spread in their last three games. We just talked about that losing streak for them coming into things, Kayla. Where are you at on UNC and Oregon? No college kid needs $5 million. That is insane. Um, Short and sweet. I like... (laughs) Just Jesus. Um, Short and sweet. I like Oregon to cover. (laughs) Guys, you can't make me laugh. I like Oregon to cover in this one, and it has everything to do with Bo Nix playing, on top of the fact that the Ducks have one of the highest expected bull rates. On the other side of that, I would love to see Drake May have a day, but while he started hot, we all saw him towards the end of the season. Didn't give me a lot of confidence going into this game. Um, Plus, UNC is going to be down too many key weapons, like their starting wide receiver, two starting corners, oh, and their offensive coordinator. Um, While this is one of the higher totals, I'm looking for a shootout in this one, so I kind of like the over of 73 even if Knicks isn't 100%, the Ducks still have the nation's most efficient run game. So let's have some fun out West. Let's go big. Yeah, let's light up the scoreboard in a baseball park, which, by the way, do we do we have an opinion <laughs> on bowl games in baseball parks? I think as long as 
as long as they're not like cutting off a corner of the end zone to make it fit, I think I kind of I like the ambiance of Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park or Petco Park in this case, guys. RJ? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, look, you got to give me a reason to go to some of these ball games. Uh, what, what is what is intriguing? Like, where would you rather go? Uh, to the Liberty Bowl or to Fenway? Like, Good if call. you're not going to play in a major bowl, I, I'd rather go see something historic. No offense to the Liberty Bowl. I know it's very historic and it's about liberty or whatever. But, you know. <laughs> liberty um, or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you That's know, how they, they wrote they, it uh, in the Constitution. Give me yeah. liberty or whatever. Or whatever. Like, do I really want to go to Legion Field? <laughs> or, like, you know, Amelia Bowl? No, right. I'd rather go to Yankee Stadium, you know? I, I know I know New York and, and Boston in, in January and December is probably the, my least desirable place to be. But so at I, least you go someplace with some ambiance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to get back into this discussion about Drake May and some of the things that Mac Brown and Pat Narduzzi had to say this week. Let's save that for maybe a little bit later in the show, maybe even in the second hour. It's a supersized two-hour edition of BetQLU this week as we get you ready with a Super Bowl preview edition. Coming up next, the Texas, the aforementioned pinstripe, plus a bowl full of snack crackers alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Live every weekend, coast to coast, on the BetQL Network. This is BetQLU, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app as well, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You're either listening to the stream right now, or you could download the podcast. You could do that. Subscribe to it. You'll get it every single week because soon we're going to be on to college hoops. We've already talked about it a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but we'll push into high gear once we get through bowl season and uh, the college football playoff national championship. In the meantime, though, we've got a supersized edition of BetQLU this week, a two-hour edition rather than our usual 60-minute version here on the BetQL Network. You can watch on Twitch. You can see RJ Choppy next to me. See how I did that? I just pointed the screen next to me, and there he is. You can see Kayla Canaran below me. You can see my face. I'm Chris Mack. This is how we do it on both Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql, or on YouTube. Uh, watch us stream there as well. All right, let's push along through into uh, the nightcap of Wednesday, December 28th, Wednesday of that week between Christmas and New Year's, where we're previewing all of these games from a 9 Eastern, 8 Central kick in Houston, the Tax Act, Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium, seven and five Texas Tech, eight and four Ole Miss. Ole Miss favored by three and a half. Total on this one high, 69 and a half. For those that think this is like a home game for Tech, you've never been to Texas. It takes a whole day to drive from Houston all the way out to Lubbock. They might as well be in Colorado and Louisiana. Uh, four and four Red Raiders. Had a fourth-quarter lead at one point over TCU. People forget this. In Fort Worth in early November, they blew it. Horn Frogs did what they did, came back and won, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Red Raiders could have folded at that point down the stretch. Uh, but instead, 
They played their way into the postseason. They won their last three games, a huge 51-48 win over Oklahoma in overtime. Ole Miss trying to come in here with the Lane Kiffin, Conor McGregor swagger walk, but I think he may have been a distraction down the stretch, guys, with all the Auburn rumors heating up. They should have won the Egg Bowl. They didn't. One of the key matchups in this game, obviously, they have a strength in the run game, Quinchon Judkins. Uh, but this is a, a, an old Miss running game going against the Texas Tech defense that was not good against the run. I don't know if that's enough for them. Again, only three and a half point spread here, Kayla. But I think I like Texas Tech to keep this one close and make it a field goal game. I'm, I'm right there with you. First of all, guys, your girl performed at the Texas Bowl once upon a time. Ooh. Mizzou lost to Navy. It is right. what it is. Um, finally, we get a game, though, I feel like with no notable opt-out, so that's fun. Um, I also think this is the first one which I'm siding with the underdog, which feels sacrilegious seeing as it's an SEC team, but here we are. I think Ole Miss will win. I can see it just being really close, coming down to the wire. Texas Tech was 7-5 against the spread, and 4-3 and as the underdog next to Ole Miss, who is 3-6-1 against the spread as the favorite. Um, these are two fun and fast offenses, literally, as both are in the top 13 nationally in plays per minute. But what's that that we're always told? Defenses win games, which is why I think the Red Raiders are going to um, make it tough for Ole Miss and potentially play upset in this one. So you're welcome, Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Uh, RJ, was was Lane Kiffin after the Auburn, uh, I guess, rumors, if we want to call them that. I think it was more than just rumors. Uh, but you think he was able to refocus what I, what I think is one of the more talented teams in the SEC, despite – what was a big distraction. And then, like I said, they lose the egg bowl on that failed two point conversion. Are they ready to go in this one? Or is this, does this come back to a question of motivation that we always talk about in bowl games? You know, motivation, I always think is, is big. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a huge thing for, for college programs, but you got to like, always look at like, who does the game matter more to right. is, is Texas tech's future going to be better off by beating an SEC team or, or, or in this case, Ole Miss. Yes, it is. Is Ole Miss going to be like, man, we'll beat the Red Raiders, dude. Wreck them tech. You know, like, no, they're not, right? That, that, that's not – Ole Miss was in the top 15 for a lot of this year. Uh, yeah. However, like, there, there's, there does come a point where, like, if you were to just go on paper, if these two teams were to play in, like, late October, Ole Miss would wipe the floor with Texas Tech. These teams don't belong on the same field. One team's got loaded with talent, and then the other team, you know, is in Texas Tech, is in Lubbock. <laughs> so, I mean, I like, I like Ole Miss here. Uh, I like Ole Miss here to cover the uh, the three and a half. God bless you. Uh, so, I like Ole Miss. But, you know, you mentioned there's not really a home field advantage. So, I live in DFW. We're closer to Fayetteville, Arkansas, than Lubbock. Right. Like that, that just puts in perspective, like how far and how big this ridiculous big this state is. So yeah, it's it's a long way. Now, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be fans there. There's you know tech alumni in, in Houston, but there's I mean, not gonna really, be a huge home field. I haven't I haven't Google mapped it, but I'm guessing Houston is probably just about smack dab in the middle of Oxford and Lubbock. Like I'll, I'll Google oh. map that later, but like geographically. This is as easy a commute for both for both fan bases, probably. I once had to drive from I, I, Dallas I would... to Lubbock with with my younger cousins in the backseat of my uncle's tr truck, and it was just it was torture. So because all it's it's just flat, it's desolate, yeah. it's oil derricks, and nothing. Once you get out past Fort Worth, all, for what like five hours, 
Yeah, so you're right. Yeah, There's I, nothing hey, it really is. I bet nothing, uh, nothing between DFW and Lubbock. I bet Mississippi at the, the the state line of Mississippi is no more than three hours from Houston. Yeah, if you bust it, you're probably right. You're right. If you really step wow. on it. Uh, uh, Thursday, uh, and this is, here we go. Another one of these ones in a ballpark. Pinstripe Bowl, 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific kick. Yankee Stadium in New York, obviously, the Pinstripe Bowl. 7-5 uh, and five Syracuse against 8-4 and four Minnesota. Gophers favored by 10 in this one. I don't know. They strike me as just another Big Ten West, good D, no O kind of team. They didn't beat a single winning team this season. I know Syracuse fell off in the back half of the season after starting 6-0 and and then getting clubnicked in the second half at Death Valley and sort of sending them into a spiral. But this is kind of a backyard game for Syracuse. There are a ton of Orange fans that still live in and around New York. Um, I know there are ugly home losses to Notre Dame and Florida State in their memory bank that I think they probably want to avenge. They've lost both coordinators. This this one is just a whole lot closer than 10 points, I think. RJ, I'm going to take the Orange to cover against the Gophers. Yeah, it, this is a tough one. You know, both teams, it's going to be an outdoor game. Ironically, that suits Minnesota more than Syracuse. Even though Syracuse is a cold-weather team, too, they play in a dome. Uh, so, you know, the weather, if it's a factor, right. I think suits Minnesota uh, quite a bit better. I'm just a huge fan of P.J. Fleck. Uh, the, 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 I, I, I love his message. I love the way he, uh, he approaches – uh, you know, teaching young men. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of P.J. Fleck. Give me Minnesota in this one. Kayla? Good luck with this one. Syracuse isn't giving me a ton of confidence, having lost both coordinators and their star back and the part where they dropped five of their last six games. Um, meanwhile, P.J. Fleck is 3-0 against the spread in bowl games for the Gophers, and Minnesota has won four of their last five bowl games. So while I'm unsure of the spread, I could make an argument for both. But what I am sure of is taking the Gophers straight up in this one. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from the spread. The total is yeah. low. Minnesota went under in three of ten games as the favorite. Um, both teams average high 20s. So I'm also torn on the total, but I would probably stay away from this one. I, this one is hard for me to to kind of figure out. Yeah, this is one of the low totals I think I actually like to go under. Um, I just, mm -hmm. again, Minnesota, I think another classic Big Ten West, no offense kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So um 42 is it's it's tempting me to maybe ride with the under all right thursday afternoon 5 30 eastern 4 30 central cheese it bowl camping world stadium in orlando nine and three number 13 florida state laying nine against a six and six oklahoma squad first time in three years the seminoles have been to a bowl that's their longest bowl drought nearly half a century when they went from 72 to 76 without going to a bowl, and it's a de facto home game, really. Anything in the state of Florida, a home game for the Seminoles, the Gators, and the Hurricanes against the Sooners program that feels like is still staggering from the whole Lincoln-Riley-Caleb Williams departure a year ago. Jordan Travis already announced he's going to be back next season for Florida State. Jamie Robinson, Jared Verse, all ACC guys that are going to play as well. Um, I don't know how thin the patience is in Norman for Brett Venables already, but I imagine it'll get much thinner if they end the year with a losing record. I think all the motivation, as we talked about earlier, RJ, is on Florida State side here, and I do think they I think they smash Oklahoma. I think this is a double-digit win for them, so I have no problem laying the nine, Kayla. Yeah, it is a weird year for OU when they're going into a bowl game as the nine-point underdog, but uh, the Seminoles will be heading into this one at full strength while OU will be without a slew of players Normally, this would be an exciting matchup. I just hope that OU does show up on the field and isn't already looking to put the season behind them. Florida State's going to be fired up to be playing 
in their first bowl game since 2019 and have a 10-game win season, as mentioned. I think Florida State just has more to play for in this one and will. I would love to go with OU to cover and at least make it interesting, but I don't see that happening. So I like the Seminoles at minus nine. And I kind of like the over in this one. After all, it's still a Big 12 team taking on a Florida State team who averages nearly 40 a game. So like the Seminoles, like the over. And, and, and a loss for Oklahoma in this one against the spread would make it their worst against the spread season since 2004. They would finish four and nine against the spread, RJ. Um, you know, I, I understand there's a lot of change happening in Norman, but when you're the guy who's supposed to be leading forward in the direction of that change, Brett Venables, uh, you better figure it out real quick because the patience is not going to be long there. It's not. Uh, now, they had a good uh, day in recruiting uh, on National Signing Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, from all accounts, they did pretty well. And that's good for them. It's an easy place to recruit. It's three hours from Texas, if that, two hours. Uh, it's a great college town. It's one of the great college towns in America, so it's an easy place to recruit. Uh, but it is a disappointment, especially when your former coach uh, was, you know, right there, at number, ranked number four, going to the final weekend of the college football playoff. It, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, if, if you're Oklahoma. But I like Florida State this one for a lot of the reasons that you said. Um, it's, it's a de facto home game. Uh, they've got really good talent there. Uh, and, and this is, you know, for the first bowl game in three years for them, you know, they might be a little bit dialed up. Oklahoma's used to playing in the Final Four. Do they really care about going to Orlando? Right. You know, probably not. Uh, so give me Florida State. I actually like the under in this one. I'll take the under. Okay, total sitting at 65 and a half. RJ will ride with the under, and I think we're all on Florida State to maybe take it to Oklahoma and maybe the Sooners start to bounce back next year after that strong signing day that you mentioned, RJ. Coming up, hour two of BetQLU's Big Bowl Preview Special. We're going to take an early look at the college football playoff semifinals, and of course, we'll talk about them again next weekend as we get closer to those games. Plus, we'll continue a tradition of ours from the regular season involving a team that RJ mentioned earlier, but that just, I mean, they're really bad at one thing in particular that's kind of important when it comes to the game of football. Do we have uh, maybe a game in peril of being played down in the Lone Star State? In all seriousness, there's something to talk about with one bowl game in particular, plus a couple of ranked matchups between Red Hot teams alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Take us with you in your four-wheel drive sleigh as you head over the hills to grandmother's house or wherever you're going this holiday season. We are previewing the entire week of bowl games between Christmas and New Year's here on BetQLU this week. That's why it's a supersized, jam-packed two-hour edition of the show, which don't forget, you can get inside that Odyssey app as a podcast as well. And, of course, you can always watch the show 
Yep, just punch us up on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql, or on YouTube as well. We left off in the middle of that quadruple header on Thursday, December 29th, alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I'm Chris Mack. The nightcap that day, Thursday night, a 9 Eastern, 8 Central start at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Valero Alamo Bowl, number 12 Washington, 10-2. and two. Heads into the Alamo Dome against 8-4, and four, number 20, Texas. Getting points. Oh, my. You're kidding. Michael Penix Jr. against Quinn Ewers. Yes, please. I'll take this quarterback matchup all day. Longhorns had their usual up-and-down campaign. We know they gave Bama the scare earlier in the year. Culminated in a two-game winning streak at the end of the year. But Bijan Robinson opting out, getting ready for the draft. Huskies, meanwhile, turned around from a nasty 4-8 and eight team last year to a Pac-12 contender due in no small part to new head coach Kalen DeBoer and, of course, the addition of Penix Jr., who was second in the country in passing yards, over 4,300 yards. Um, I, I just This one, for me, does not compute. I know, again, de facto home game for the Longhorns right down the road from their campus in San Antonio, but I, that doesn't do it for me here, RJ. Washington coming in hot, I think. Penix having a great year. Getting points, absolutely. Give me the Huskies here. What about you? Uh, I, I think, uh, look, I, nobody puts the hate on the whiny orange uh, more than me. <laughs> uh, nobody does. Uh, that said, this is exactly the game that Texas wins by 10 points. Oh, this is the, exactly the kind of game, because they always do. They always bowl games, and then they get up there, and they proclaim, we're back. And then they go and they go like, you know, eight and four the following year. Like they do every year. This is exactly the kind of game that these tea sippers down there go and, and, and win. That's exactly what it is. So I'll take Texas. I know that I, I, I love, I love Quinn Ewers. Oh, let me rephrase that. I love his hair. Okay. I love his hair. Um, I'm taking Texas. They got, they got a wow. loaded with talent. They've got, they've got a talent advantage at, at just about every position in this game. Uh, but you're right. Like, you know, come next year, come first game of the year, you know they're going to disappoint you. Nobody disappoints their fans more than the Texas Longhorn fan, uh, uh, a team does. But I'll take them in this game because they win when it doesn't count. <laughs> Quit Ewer's going to have to do all he can in this game to keep Arch Manning at arm's length, you would think, going into next year. Kayla, the total on this one, 67 and a half. I like the over because, again, I really like Washington in this game. Uh, RJ makes a point, though, about Texas, and and perhaps this is a spot for them. Again, right down the road from campus for them. They'll definitely have the home field advantage. Where are you on the Alamo Bowl and number 12 Washington and number 20 Texas? First of all, did RJ call Texas fans T-sippers, and is that an insult? Yeah. What is a T-sipper? Yeah, that's what the, that's what they call them. You know, like in uh, they, the Duke fans call Carolina fans the wine and cheese crowd, right? That's what they used oh, to call okay. them. And A and M fans call Texas fans tea sippers. Like they just sip tea. They're they're uppity. Oh. It's an I uppity think, fan I, base. I think I think okay. Kayla's offended because she has a cold right now and she's probably been sipping a lot of tea. <laughs> I love voice. tea. So now, Nobody knows. Now, now she's <laughs> what's now wrong she's with sipping tea? <laughs> now she's coming. Sometimes we need it for our health. No, okay. Well. All I have to say is get your popcorn ready for this one. I think we're all in for a treat. Both teams are coming in with a ton of offensive talent. 
I'm bummed that yes, Bijan Robinson, among a few other players for the Longhorns, won't be playing, but we should still get a good game nonetheless. I am a little surprised Texas is favorite. After all, Washington is coming in ranked higher and should be playing at full strength. I'm kind of all over the map in this one, guys. All the betting stats favor each team. Also, like we said, this will essentially be a home game for Texas. They are the more complete team as the Huskies don't have a super strong defense. I could make an argument for both, which is when I should probably stay away from the spread, but I'm leaning the Longhorns straight up and to probably cover. So give me Texas, hook them. Sorry. I, I, I can't believe I'm taking, I'm the only one taking Michael Penix Jr. against the Texas tea sippers, but here I am. I, I think, I think the Huskies pull it off. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll sip some tea afterwards and talk about it, maybe. All right. Friday afternoon, an early start. If you're out west on the East Coast, it's a 12 noon kick. The Dukes Mayo Bowl <laughs> at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Both head coaches have said, yes, if we win, by all means, you can dump the bucket of mayo on me, which is disgusting. Um, I, I advocate that if I were a college football coach and they invited us to the Dukes Mayo Bowl, I would go to any other game, maybe even the Liberty or whatever bowl that we talked about earlier, RJ. Right. Uh, eight and four to number, number 23 NC State Wolfpack against an old ACC conference rival who's now in the Big Ten. Seven and five, Maryland. Maryland laying a point and a half here. Interesting. Total at 47 and a half. These two teams haven't faced each other since 2014 when the Terps left the ACC for the Big Ten. Maryland kind of skidding into this one. Losing three of their last four. They didn't beat a bowl-eligible Big Ten team. But their defense could help them here. The only defenses that were better than them in the Big Ten East, anyway, were Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. That's not bad company to be amongst. Devin Leary left NC State. He's headed to Kentucky. The Wolfpack have had four different starting quarterbacks this year. They've relied heavily on their defense. They're also without OC Tim Beck who's headed down to Coastal Carolina to take their head coaching job. I'm not sold on Talia Tangabaloa. He was sacked 20 times in their last four games when this offense struggled to find consistency more often than not. I think I'm on NC State here, especially if you're going to give me a point and a half. Kayla, what about the Dukes-Mayo Bowl? Just based on how banged up NC State is, I'm leaning Maryland to cover. Um, the question mark at quarterback for the Wolfpack has me concerned. NC State scored 22 or less points in six of their last eight games due to that quarterback shuffle. And combine that with Maryland having the slightly better pass defense, I like the Terps in the Mayo Bowl. Um, as for the total, I think it's on point. I would lean the slight over, but I'm not super confident either way on this one. Yeah, 47 and a half. I don't know. Feels, feels on point for me as well. I might even lean under on this one because I worry about the consistency of both offenses Maryland eight and two against the spread in non-conference games under Mike Loxley though RJ where are you at on the Mayo Bowl uh I, I am I first of all I'm just disgusted that that somebody yes. would <laughs> allow to have mayonnaise <coughs> dumped to me it's a gag to me right yeah. there I, I can't even I'm gonna yeah. fall for the rest of this segment uh <laughs> I like I like NC State you know and, and the one stat that really stands out to me that I love the most is that it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback for them. I mean, they've won games with uh, a bunch of different quarterbacks this year. Like you said, four different ones. I, I love that. That shows that you're a really, really well-rounded team. Uh, the system might be bigger than the individual player. And I'd like NC State to cover. All right. Uh, a couple of us on NC State. We'll see which way it goes. The total, an interesting one as well. All right. An interesting situation, and we're not going to get into the politics of it because we're not into politics. We're into football around here on BetQLU. But the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl being played 
Friday afternoon, 2 Eastern, noon Mountain Time in El Paso. Um, this is interesting because 8-4 and four pit against number 18 UCLA. They come in 9-3, and three, being played in a city where there is a state of emergency underway right now. <coughs> um, they do have a lot of refugees crossing the Mexican border into El Paso. Um, they've had to activate a lot of city resources around this game, the convention center, where they would usually have a pre-bowl fiesta. Uh, it's currently housing refugees. I don't know if the fans are going to opt out of this game as so many starters have on both sides, including Pitt's quarterback, Keaton Slovis, who's entered the transfer portal uh, as Pittsburgh native Phil Jerkovic has moved in from Boston College for what it's worth. Backup QB Nick Patty did uh, all right in the first three quarters of last year's Peach Bowl. But I do wonder if there's a serious question about the atmosphere this game is being played in. We still don't know either about the availability of Dorian Rob uh, Thompson Robinson for UCLA. Pitt, outside of last year, uh, under Kenny Pickett, traditionally a run-first offense. This year, led by Izzy Abinacanda, over 1,400 yards, 20 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, but UCLA's D, strong against the run this year. Uh, RJ Pitt, 0-5 against the spread in their last five games as an underdog. And again, UCLA laying three and a half on this one. You know, I like UCLA. I mean, UCLA was a really solid team all year. Not, you know, and Pitt wasn't. You know, Pitt, Pitt had some some questionable games there. I really like UCLA in this one, assuming it even gets played. Guys, what's going on at El Paso like that? It, it, we don't. We're pretty shielded from El Paso here in Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, you know, they're closer to California than they are to us. It mm-hmm. kind of puts things in perspective how far away it is. Um, but it's. I mean, you you can't help but notice what's going on if they play it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, are the fans going to even bother showing up to this? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I, I grew up for a short amount of time for about four or five years down in Brownsville, Texas, which is right on the border, and I remember what it would be like when you would get an influx of people coming across the border. This is more than an influx of people coming across the border. This is a full-fledged, as I mentioned earlier, what they're calling the mayor is calling in El Paso a humanitarian state of emergency. So I think a good question about whether the game is played or where it is played as well. Uh, As for on the field, like I mentioned, Kayla, UCLA, a strong defense against the run, second in the Pac-12 in yards per rush allowed. But they did give up seven TDs on the ground in their last three losses. That might be the key here for Pitt if they want to keep it close, if they want to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah, quick story time. Stop me if you've heard this before. Guys, I danced at this bowl game. (laughs) Is there a bowl game you haven't danced at? It was just three. We'll get to another one next week. Um, (laughs) We drove in six charter buses with the Marching Mizzou Band. Longest 48 hours of my life there and back. We had to go around a snowstorm in New Mexico. Oh, yeah, and we lost Oregon State. Mizzou losing in a bowl game, shocking. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I like the Bruins to cover at three and a half. Um, UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson has thrown for at least 245 yards in seven of 12 games. Let's hope he plays. The Bruins have the sixth most successful passing attack and second most successful rush attack, um, all against a team who doesn't have their starting quarterback or starting defensive tackle who underwent shoulder surgery. So give me the Bruins to cover at three and a half. And let's hope we get this game. Yeah, let's let's hope for everybody's sake in El Paso that the game still gets in. All right, Friday afternoon, 3.30 Eastern kick at TIA Bank Field in Jacksonville, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. This actually is a really nice matchup, I think. Number 21, Notre Dame, 8-4. 8-4, and four. Eight and four, South Carolina comes in ranked 19th in the country. Two red-hot teams, really. Shane Beamer, 
finally got the Gamecocks going late in the year after some serious beatdowns at the hands of Georgia and Florida earlier in the year. They beat Tennessee, obviously, and Clemson. Sorry, RJ had to mention it. Um, the Irish, they played their best football down the stretch as well. Their only loss in their last six games to USC on the road, but both teams, despite being hot coming in, going to be without some of their best talent. Uh, Jaheim Bell, not going to play for South Carolina. He's entered the transfer portal. All-America tight end Michael Mayer for Notre Dame. He, alongside uh, linebacker and career sacks leader Isaiah Foskey, they've opted out to prepare for the draft. So Notre Dame laying two and a half against South Carolina in this one, guys. I think I like the Gamecocks to stay hotter going into this one in Jacksonville. Kayla? I Yeah, I like the Gamecocks to cover, and it's all because of a guy by the name of Spencer Rattler. There's too much uncertainty at quarterback with the Fighting Irish, and with both teams missing key players on both sides of the ball, I'm going to side with the team with the more steady quarterback. Um, I don't love that their offensive coordinator won't be calling plays, but I'm going to ride with them nonetheless. Also, South Carolina had the single best start of the season video I've ever seen to the Full House intro, my favorite show of all time. So... Got to go with them, plus that SEC bias. Um, all great reasons to pick South Carolina. <laughs> RJ, uh, South Carolina is favored by Kayla and I, uh, but getting two and a half in this game. Six straight Notre Dame games have gone over the total. This one sits at just 52. What do you got on the Gator Bowl? Uh, you know what? I, like Spencer Rattler, the way he played down the stretch, I, I don't know how I would go against uh, South Carolina. I mean, they, they were putting up points uh, quite a bit. This where they scored 90 Four points in back-to-back games against top, well, I guess at the time, top, top teams, five yeah. teams. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's uh, absolutely uh, tremendous how he finished down the stretch. So, uh, I will take South Carolina, and I'll take the over. I'll take the over in this one. Okay. Uh, they're going to put up a lot of points in this game. It's it's not really a uh, – there's not really a home field advantage, although Jacksonville, not terribly far uh, from South Carolina, but but uh, give me the game, cops. Yeah, definitely not too far of a drive for Gamecocks fans that want to make the trip down to Jacksonville. Although we know Fighting Irish fans are literally everywhere. Uh, and so they will be there as well. Um, so l- let me get back briefly, real quickly, back into this idea of Drake May being offered $5 bucks by a couple of schools and coaches not wanting to name those schools. What do we have to do to stop the poaching? that's going on is is there anything we can do to stop it in the world of nil rj yeah uh, you got to be really really strict with your punishment to the point where if you get caught poaching another player that hasn't entered the transfer portal you don't get to sign a class the following year like that's that's huge you have to go yeah you've got to go huge otherwise there's no point like they're not going to stop doing it it's like uh, in the NBA, right? Uh, the, the Knicks got uh, you know caught tampering with Jalen Brunson. They lost the second round pick. Okay, cool. Like, I'll tamper. Like you know, you've got to right. got to be you got to make it a penalty, a true penalty. Consequences have to match the actions. Uh, coming up next, a streaming only game. Interesting this bowl season. A couple of the big boys, the Orange and the Sugar, plus Iowa is back. And they've brought the lowest total of the season with them to Nashville. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, we've got you covered with a special bonus, supersized two-hour edition of BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla. Here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We still got to get you our best bets before we get out of here. And another early peek at the college football playoff semifinals. Those moments on the way before we wrap up here on a supersized two-hour edition of BetQLU live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network. And, of course, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can subscribe and download to the podcast there as well so you never miss an episode as we keep you covered throughout what remains of college football season and into college hoop season, which really steps on the gas in the next couple of weeks here or so. And, of course, we're on Twitch, too, twitch.tv slash betql. That's where you can see RJ next to me. I'm Chris Mack. You can see Kayla down there below us as we preview every single bowl game between Christmas and New Year's here on what, again, is a supersized two-hour edition of BetQLU. Let's move it along to Friday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl at Arizona Stadium in Tucson, Streaming only on Barstool, you get the pleasure, if you punch it up, of watching 9-4 and four Ohio laying a point and a half against 7-5 and five Wyoming. Both of these teams stumbled down the stretch. Ohio lost Curtis Rourke, their quarterback, to injury. Then they lost the MAC championship, an ugly game, a rock fight to Toledo. Wyoming had won four straight to move to 7-3 and three at one point. But then they had a home loss to Boise, got dumped by Fresno. And I think this is a question of motivation. Matchup of Ohio's run game against Wyoming's run defense could be something fun to watch. Irresistible force, a movable object, all that. Uh, Both riding three-game bowl win streaks for whatever that's worth. Kayla, Ohio laying one and a half. And a low total on this one, too, as we talk about running games and defenses of 43 between the Bobcats and Wyoming. Yeah, in Ohio, you have a really strong offense, not so much a great defense. However, I still think they have the edge over the Cowboys offensively, a team who averages around 19.6 points per game. They also haven't put up more than 17 points since October. So combine that with Ohio being 5-0 and straight up in their last five games as the favorite. And I like the Bobcats to cover here at minus one and a half. I'm torn on the total, so I'm going to stay away, but I can see both happening. Uh, but seeing as how Wyoming hasn't done much offensively as of late, I would kind of lean the under. Yeah, Wyoming uh, has gone under in five straight for what it's worth. Something to keep an eye on, obviously, as we talk about both offenses struggling this year, RJ. Yeah, they are, they are, they are struggling. Uh, defenses, I mean, are the defenses even that good uh, on, on either side? Uh, obviously, the, the Wyoming run defense uh, is really good. You know, I, I was, I was going to lean Wyoming in this one, really, I have – it's kind of a toss-up for me, but just I always wanted to go to Wyoming, so I was kind of leaning to them. But uh, I'll tell you this. The, the, the reason I'm going to go with Ohio, 58% of the money, the public money, is coming in on Wyoming. And as I've always said, people is morons. So the, <laughs> they, the public, I'm always betting against people. Uh, the public, wherever they go, I go the other way. 
a, a good old public fader, RJ Choppy. And so that'll keep him, you said, away from Wyoming. 58% of the public money on the Cowboys? Is that Yeah, that's, that's a big number there. Something to keep an eye on. That's one of those tools you can find at betql.com, by the way. Plug, plug. Uh, go there. You can check out the sharp money uh, and the public money as well and where the advantages lie in those games. All right, one of the big boys. Here we go. Friday night, 8 Eastern, Capital One Orange Bowl at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, and it's going to be legit orange. Number six, Tennessee, 10 and two volunteers come in against number seven, Clemson at 11 and two ACC champs laying six points. Uh, The ultimate battle of orange. It's appropriate. It's taking place in the orange bowl. And you got a pair of quarterbacks who didn't start the season as their team starters. Obviously we all know about Cade Klubnick, the true freshman for Clemson, who's basically shoved DJ Uyunglele out the door to the transfer portal, uh, including coming off the bench in that season-ending loss to South Carolina. Uh, we all know about Hendon Hooker, uh, who had to leave due to injury. We'll see how that affects him with the draft right around the corner. I still think he's at the lowest, a, a second-day draft pick. That's a different conversation for a different day, probably. Joe Milton, the third, going to take over for the SEC's Offensive Player of the Year. Big, cannon-armed guy who started that regular season finale against Vandy, as well as the first two games of last season, 2021, before he got replaced by Hendon Hooker. Uh, Tennessee 9-3 and against the spread this season, uh, and they're getting six. I really like the Vols in this one. RJ, I know that's a stupid question for you. <laughs> you know, it is, it is odd, though. We, we are going to be missing so many guys. Like, so many players have opted out uh, for this one for Tennessee. Uh, one interesting thing, this will be the fourth. So we'll have th- when, when they kick off, Tennessee will have played the last four national champs. Clemson, wow. LSU, oh Georgia, gosh. and Alabama this year. And if Woo. they win the game, they would have gone three and one against them. Like you could, you, you, you cute TCU fans, you can keep your, this is where they got the toughest schedule in the world. No, 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 no. We had the toughest schedule in the world. We'll be the last four national champs. I'm not upset. I see you. I see you smirking. <laughs> I'm not upset at all about this. It's okay. Whatever. Uh, yeah, but it's just so hard. It's so hard for me to take Tennessee to win this game when they're going to be missing their three best offensive players. Uh, but I, I, I think I think I'm with I you on that. Yeah. I think I'm with, it, it, it's it's hard to t- take them with all the opt outs and everything going on. But at the very least, I think I'll take six points at Tennessee against Clemson. I'll take the six. I, I, I'll take yeah, the six. I'll take the six, I, I, Kayla. I just love that this is the ultimate Orange Bowl. How fun. And two teams I love, as we know throughout the season. You're right. welcome, RJ. Um, Zach still calls them frauds, and I, di- I disagree. <laughs> uh, with, that, <laughs> with that said, don't hate me. I'm leaning Clemson to cover. I think they've had less okay. change this postseason, and they looked pretty good with Kate under center in the ACC championship game. The Tigers are 18-2 and two straight up in their last 20 games as a favorite. You've also got Dabo with 13 years of postseason experience under his belt. Um, this Tigers team is also going for win number 12 for the sixth time in eight seasons. None of this is a knock on the balls and what they've accomplished this season. I just think one team is more seasoned when it comes to bowl games as of late. All right, New Year's Eve in a game that we may touch on again next weekend. But let's get it out of the way now because... We love the Iowa Hawkeyes around here. Well, we don't love the Iowa Hawkeyes so much as we love betting the under (laughs) on Iowa. And this game, the ultimate under 
play if you have the guts to go there. Noon Eastern on New Year's Eve, the TransPerfect Music City Bowl at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Kentucky against Iowa. Iowa favored by two and a half. That's not the lead here, though. The lead is 31. 31 points is the total. Lowest total of the year. We thought Iowa couldn't get any lower on totals than they got a couple times this regular season. They will. Why? Because Cade McNamara ain't there yet. So who's going to play quarterback? Uh, Spencer Petras' shoulder injury. Junior Alex Padilla entering the transfer portal has them scrambling. We'll see what they end up doing. We know their defense is good. Gave up less than 15 points per game. Led by Jack Campbell, 115 tackles against a Kentucky offense that uh, wasn't very good even when Will Levis was in there. But now they're without Will Levis. So where do they go at this point? Seven and five, the Wildcats. Their defense very strong as well. Uh, Ranked second against the pass in the SEC, less than 174 yards per game. Uh, I know exactly where I'm going on this one, guys. Maybe it's the stupid play. Maybe they are just toying with me, dangling the shiny object in front of my face, daring me to take it, but I'm taking it anyway. Give me the under. Under 31 on Kentucky and Iowa. Give me a tasty little, uh, I don't know, 13 to 10 kind of game. Kayla, what do you think? Chris, you can't help yourself, can you? I can't. I'm um, sorry. This one feels like <laughs> it might be hard to watch. Seeing as how oh, both definitely. teams don't put up high numbers offensively, then you take away their first, second, third, whatever string quarterbacks. What are we doing here? This feels rough already, and we haven't even started. Like, do we even have to pick one of the teams to win? <laughs> um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick Kentucky to pull out the upset because when push comes to shove, you got to go in conference. Um, I also like that the Wildcats are 10-4 and four straight up in their last 14 against Big Ten opponents and 5-1 and one against the spread when going in as the underdog this season. So as for the total, do I dare take the under? I kind of want to for fun, but surely the over will hit, right? I mean, I just – this is tough. Let's go under. Iowa, let's let's do be, it. Take yeah. it. Yeah, okay. ride or die. Iowa 8-2-1 and one <laughs> against the spread when the line is three or less either way since 2020, RJ. I do think even though their offense stinks uh, and they'll be on quarterback number three or four or five, who knows, uh, that I I think in tight games, they pull it out more often than not. So I think I'm going to lean Iowa, uh, even laying the two and a half to maybe pull out a a field goal game here. And yes, I'm all over the under. What about you? Uh, I am on the under as well. Uh, I I have taken the under in this game and I am also going to take Kentucky to cover. Uh, this is a home game. Uh, this is a Nashville. Kentucky fans travel like you have never seen. Uh, it, it's as if they have, they're either, this must be the richest state in the world where none of the people there work because they have no responsibilities <laughs> whatsoever. Because on any given day, if given the opportunity, they'll be in LA to follow their team. They don't oh, yeah. care. They've got either so much disposable income or no job and just, money to spend or don't care. They just take time off. I don't know. Uh, I'm taking Kentucky though. Home field advantage. Uh, they're, they're, they're a good team. And, and Iowa, dude, I, like Iowa, they, again, they couldn't score on air. Give me the under and give me Kentucky. They might win 10, seven team under team under. We are in on the music city bowl under 31. 
I absolutely love it. All right, another big dog game at Caesar Superdome in New Orleans, New Year's Eve at noon. All-State Sugar Bowl. You got 10-2 and two Bama, number five in the country, against number nine Kansas State, the 10-3 and three Wildcats, coming off a loss in the Big 12 championship game to TCU. Bama favored by six, total sitting at 56. Will the Wildcats get creative with the two-quarterback system against Bama? Uh, I don't know. There's Will Howard. There's Adrian Martinez. There's Kansas State 4-0 and in a Big 12 title with Howard. Uh, there's also what Martinez did early in the season, and is he healthy enough uh, to come back into this one? An extended layoff, he could be called upon. you got guys not opting out for Bama, which I think is a huge story. Bryce Young, uh, a chief amongst them. I think I like I like this to be a close game, but I think in the end we end up getting Bama putting it away late and even covering the six, RJ. You know, I, I actually like um I like K State to cover this one. Okay. When Alabama when Alabama doesn't have stakes on their game, Alabama doesn't show up. Uh and that which is surprising or Nick Saban. This is such a huge game for K State. This is one of the biggest games K-State has ever played as a universe, as, as a school. Um, it, it really is. Like, they're going up against Alabama. They're going to go up. The Big 12, make no mistake about it, Bob Stoops has always said, the Big 12, w- when they get a chance to play an SEC team in a bowl game, they go all in. George, uh, Texas did it against Georgia a couple years ago. Uh, we've seen Oklahoma uh, go work Alabama before where they had Trevor Knight. We saw Utah work Alabama before in the Sugar Bowl under you know, when Nick Saban was there. I it's the same song. I've seen the ending of this book. Nick Saban's going to lose this game because they don't they don't they don't care about non BCS or whatever they call it now playoff games. They don't care. Right. You know, it's a great point you make, but I wonder if there's a change in philosophy, being that this is a year where there's disappointment coupled with guys who are doubling down on playing in this thing before the draft, Bryce young, Will Anderson. Um, I, I still lean Bama to cover the six and the, I do think it's going to be a really good game, Kayla, but I'm still on the Bama lean minus six. What about you? Right there with you. I mean, we always hear the momentum means everything when going into big games like this. And I would say right now, the momentum is definitely running with the wildcats, but am I really going to pick against Nick Saban in the crimson tide? Um, while they're not playing for the national championship, they are still playing in a bowl game, and surely Saban won't let this team sleep on K-State. I think Bama wins, but is the question whether or not the Wildcats cover? All the betting stats point towards yes, like going 5-0 and against the spread in their last five with top five, oppo- uh, top five opponents and covering in their last four straight. So while there is a scenario in my head where Alabama stomps them, I feel like every other sign is pointing to K-State to cover at plus six. The fact that they are playing at full strength bodes well for them, but you know what? When all is said and done, I can't do it. I'm still picking Bama to cover in this one at minus six. I can't go against Saban in the Crimson Tide as much as yeah, I want you, to. Yeah, you make a great point, RJ, again, about Bama playing in games without stakes. And we've talked about motivation and how huge that is in bowl games especially. Uh, but I do – I th- for some reason, maybe it's just because the big names are coming back for this one that it feels like yeah. things may be a little different in Tuscaloosa around this one. We'll find out on New Year's Eve. And then after New Year's Eve, well, actually on New Year's Eve, after that one's over between Alabama and K-State, we've got the semifinals, the Fiesta Bowl between Michigan and TCU, and the 
Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl between Georgia and Ohio State. Another early preview of those two games on the way, plus a unique market to play if you think you've got an angle on both of those two semifinal games. Coming up next, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla, here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, I am Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. And of course, subscribe, download the podcast inside your Odyssey app as well, AUDACY. If you're listening to us live right now on the app, yeah, go in there. Subscribe to it. You'll get it delivered to you as soon as the show is ready every single weekend. Next weekend, we'll be back on our regular one-hour schedule. We'll still have some great games to talk about, um, including the college football playoff semifinals, including the Rose Bowl. Uh, We'll have you covered next weekend, no doubt. Uh, But this weekend, a special two-hour supersized edition of BetQLU. We have rolled through every single bowl game between Christmas and New Year's Day, and we will wrap it up in just a moment here with the two college football playoff semifinals games, uh, the Fiesta Bowl between Michigan and TCU, and the Peach Bowl between Georgia and Ohio State. An interesting market, though, I saw at BetMGM just the other day, guys. You can bet on the exact combination and winner of the CFP. In other words, you could pick uh, Georgia to beat Michigan at plus 125. That would be the favorite. You could go all the way down the line to TCU to beat Ohio State at plus 3,500. So 35 to 1 odds for that to be the outcome. The other double underdog outcome, Ohio State beating TCU, I guess if you want to call it that, is 14 to 1. But the three longest odds all involve TCU. Uh, in some form or fashion. And the three shortest odds, the three shortest odd scenarios, all include Georgia somehow. Uh, what would be the most surprising of these, I guess, eight different matchups that exist on the board for how we would expect the national championship to go down? RJ, I'll start with you. Mm, the most surprising matchup? Oh, I, I would assume it's it's it's... Ohio State TCU would be the most surprising, right? I mean, that yeah. that's just. But I guess none of them are really like stunning. Well, stunned see, like, by anything. T- like, like TCU to beat <laughs> Georgia, for example, is twenty-two to one. TCU to beat Ohio State is thirty-five to one. I understand why TCU to beat Ohio yeah. State is longer odds because, well, the odds of Ohio State beating Georgia are longer. But, like, the most improbable of all eight possibilities for the national championship game, in my mind, is TCU somehow beating Georgia. So, like, in my mind, I look at that and see just a sliver of value. Like, one of those, you know, you talk about your pizza money parlays. Like, that's a pizza money bet right there. It's like, do I want to sprinkle just a couple bucks just in case, you know, everything goes haywire, everything goes crazy, and somehow TCU beats Georgia in the national championship 
and I can turn 10 bucks into 220. I don't know. Kayla, are there any of these matchups? Do you see value in any of these? No, I'm a realist. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, there's just uh, no uh. way I can get on board with anything wild happening in these two games. I just don't see it. Although, I guess if you believe that things are going to go chalk and George is going to beat Michigan, you could do a whole heck of a lot worse than the plus 125 favorite there and get better than even money, RJ, to get what everybody expects to happen. You could. And, and look, I think uh, I, I think if you were going to go to Georgia beating TCU, get 5-1 <laughs> to there, uh, that's pretty good. I also think, I'll tell you one thing, uh, if Ohio State's able to get by uh, Georgia – Michigan to beat Ohio State's 11 to 1. Yeah. That is like, wait a second. They just doubled them up. Right. It's not going to take, it's not lunacy for Ohio State to be able to beat Georgia. And no, it's certainly, if they do, not crazy for Michigan to beat Ohio State again at 11 to 1. Uh, so, so I really like that one. I, I think that's, a, I think that'd be a, uh, there's some value there. Anyway, just one of the very uh, many interesting markets around the CFP National Championship. Go check it out inside your BetMGM app right now. All right, let's take a quick look anyway, just a few minutes on each of the two college football semifinals because we will go even more in-depth. I know we touched on them last week and some of the early lines. We'll we'll obviously go very in-depth on these two games next week uh, in advance of them actually being played. Uh, but the David-Goliath matchup, obviously, that we've talked about, the first game of these two semifinals to kick on New Year's Eve, four Eastern, one Pacific, the VRBO. Is it VRBO or Verbo, by the way? Have I have I been saying it wrong, saying VRBO, uh, Kayla? Yeah. I think it's both. I've, I always hear both. Verbo. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. going to go with VRBO. The VRBO Fiesta Bowl State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Can TCU withstand Michigan's Big Ten uh, strength, their big boy strength, especially up front. Can Michigan keep up with TCU's Texas speed? Um, I don't know. Cincinnati held strong against Bama last year in the semifinal, but eventually cracked and never really threatened to win the game, certainly. I don't know. Can this year's Cinderella continue their improbable run and make history? TCU getting seven and a half. It's down to seven and a half now, the total at 58 and a half. RJ. You've been out against TCU all year, but here they are in a college football playoff semifinal against the Wolverines. Yeah, and, and look, TCU, I think, stylistically can can play with, with Michigan. They play a, uh, they play a style, I think, that, that, can, that can help them win this game. Michigan, if you remember, like, go back to the Ohio State game. That score was a blowout, but they threw the ball up and over the top of Ohio State defenders yeah. that were not respecting the pass at all. I, they're not going to be. I don't think they do that on TCU. Uh, they're not going to be able to score quick like that. I think it's a much lower scoring game. I think TCU covers mm. the seven and a half here. Um, I, I don't know if they win the game, but I think they cover this spread. I, I don't see this thing getting away from them. And I put the you know I, I put the hate on TCU a little bit. It's like you know you wanted them to get to a certain point. It was like just did okay. There's some of their close games were getting to me, but they're tested in these close games, and this is going to be a close game. And we got We can't forget, a week before they blew out Ohio State, they almost lost to Illinois, man, Michigan. Right. Like, this is the, this team can put up a stinker on you. They really can. They can, but they can hit the big plays now, too, like you talked about. They proved that they could do that, uh, that J.J. could put the ball down the field and that they could, they could get you over the top. Maybe that's more on uh, an indictment of Ohio State secondary. I don't know, but Kayla – 
seven and a half, and it's coming down a point since this thing opened. It feels like things are moving in the Horned Frogs direction just a little bit. Yeah, just bottom line, Michigan's the better team. They have a coach with more bowl and championship experience as of late. And bowl and playoff games, postseason coaching experience 100% matters. You know, I know they'll be without Blake Corum, who is done for the season, but running back Donovan Edwards has shown just as much explosion. So I know that David and Goliath's story would be incredible. Um, I just don't think this TCU offense is going to be, I think they are going to be challenged in a major way against Michigan defense that only allows just 13.4 points um, and 85.2 rushing yards per game. I don't see, I don't see TCU covering, um, but it would be cool. <laughs> I just think Michigan no. is going to, I would love a close game. I just think Michigan will cover. Uh, the second half, the nightcap of our college football playoff semifinals on New Year's Eve kick just after eight Eastern five Pacific at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. I mean, this is basically Georgia's backyard. Um, they've played, it feels like, as many games there as they have in Athens. 13-0, uh, undefeated Bulldogs come in ranked number one, laying six and a half points against 11-1 fourth-ranked Ohio State. You know, usually these games, guys, and we talk about it a lot, are about who has the better quarterback. Okay, Stetson Bennett the fourth against C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud will be better in the NFL or at the NFL level. I think right now, that's a fairly even matchup. So, you go to then which team has the next best player on the field. In my opinion, Jalen Carter is showing everyone why he's the most talented player on last year's Georgia defense. 6'3", 300 pounds, uh, capable of taking over games, which we saw since he came back from injury this season. During the last five games, 23 tackles by Carter, seven of them for a loss, three sacks, two forced fumbles, and 14 quarterback hurries. We did see C.J. Stroud, when he had some pressure around him in a pinch late against Michigan, perhaps tried to do too much and melted down just a little. Six and a half, I think, may be a bit much for me, but if I was forced to take a side on this Peach Bowl semifinal, RJ, I think I would lean Georgia minus the six and a half. I'm taking Georgia uh, in the six and a half. You know, I, I, Ohio State does have a lot of good players. I'm wondering, though, if Ohio State's problem is their head coach. Uh, you know, mm. he was he got the job from Urban. Urban said a uh, – like, he took the Ohio State program to a level that even Jim Tressel didn't take it to. Uh, and, and Ryan Day's continued. I mean, he's done a really nice job, you know, being able to get players in there. Uh, but they don't, they don't play prepared all the time. I, I don't know how good of a coach he is. I do know how good of a coach Kirby Smart is. I, I think that, you know – yeah, C.J. Stroud's probably a better player than Stetson Bennett. I'm sorry, Stetson Fleming Bennett IV. Uh, I think he's a better player, but uh, it's, uh, I'll take Georgia the six and a half. All right, Kayla, what do you got? You you going with us on Georgia covering the six and a half? I'm right there with you. Bulldogs were better than average against the spread this season, seven and six, and were perfect for no straight up and against the spreading games where they were favored by fewer than 20 points. Not only that, but they outscored their opponents 171 to 65 in those games. Buckeyes, on the other hand, stumbled to finish, uh, stumbled to the finish line when it came to the spread covering in just one of their final five games, which included a 22-point straight-up loss to Michigan, as we talked about, and um, at minus nine, an unimpressive 21-7 win over Northwestern. So I can't, I can't count out the Bulldogs just yet. I'm going to pick them to cover in this one. 
All right, before we wrap it up, and again, we'll dive even deeper into those semifinal games next weekend here on our usual one-hour edition of BetQLU. Before we leave you, though, our best bets of, well, the week as a whole, Bowl Week. Uh, I'll lead us off, guys. I, I mentioned it earlier, Liberty Bowl. I love Kansas plus three against Arkansas. I still think there's a ton of motivation on their side. And uh, Lance Leopold, even though they struggled down the stretch, I think has found something there against an Arkansas team that feels maybe unmotivated, like they didn't quite achieve what they wanted to this year after a decent start. I'll take the Jayhawks. RJ? Uh, you know, for my uh, my best bet, I got New Mexico State uh, getting uh, three and a half points. I like New Mexico State uh, to cover over Bowling Green. Kayla, who you got? I'm doubling down on that Bama K-State game. This is the first time they're going to face each other on the football field. Crimson Tide have a 45-27-3 and record across 75 bowl appearances next to the Wildcats. 10-13 and record across 23 bowl appearances. I think this is where the difference between the Big 12 and SEC will be on full display. Bama minus six. I like it, guys. It's been an absolute blast spending some extra time together this holiday season. We'll get back on schedule next weekend, another one-hour edition of BetQLU heading your way. And again, the college football playoffs will eat up a big chunk of that time. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, whoever you're spending this holiday season with, we thank you for doing it with us here at BetQL. Next weekend, I mentioned we're back to take on those semifinals in the last few bowl games. Alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. This has been BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.